0: Do you worry about tomorrow? Does the future feel uncertain? Is the past too painful to bear? Focus on the Family Canada is here to help, so you never have to walk alone. Every morning, our staff lift up your prayer requests. If your burdens are too much to carry on your own, you can request a free, one-time call with one of our counselors at focusonthefamily.ca today. That's focusonthefamily.ca. We're here to help.
1: And ladies, this man, it's who he is. Your job is to get behind his eyes, see how he sees life. Your job, gentlemen, is to get behind your wife's eyes and to really to understand what makes Jean tick. And she's not like any other women. So when you and I are talking about women today or men, keep in mind, all men are not the same. All women are not the same. That's your job that God's given to you to be the the PI, the private investigator into what this woman or man is all about.
2: Dr. Kevin Lehman joins us today on Focus on the Family, sharing his tips about having a lifetime romance with your spouse. Your host is Focus president and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller.
0: Hey, John, we have an audience with us today in the studio, so I want to ask all the guests, there's probably 10 or 12 people around us, what do you think the record is for the longest marriage, the world's longest marriage? Anybody? Just yell it out.
2: Maybe 75
0: years. 75. Anybody else? 82 82. That's a good guess. Anybody? Okay. 87 years. Think of that. 87 years. Zelmyra and Herbert Fisher are the record holders. They got married in 1924 and Mm. stayed married until Herbert passed away in 2011 at the age of 105. That is incredible. I understand they were believers. We'll get to ask them some of their secrets when we get to heaven. That's the place (laughs) we'll need to ask that. But I love it. I think the question all of us have is, how can we be like? The Fishers. What did they do well, right? So I think we're going to dig into that today with one of marriage's best counselors and a prolific author, Dr. Kevin Lehman. He
2: is internationally known as a psychologist and a speaker, uh, always a popular guest here at Focus on the Family, and has been married to his wife, Sandy, for over 50 years? Fifty. Three years in a <laughs> row. <laughs> <laughs> We're
0: well, only halfway there, man. Yeah. <laughs> Kev-
2: Kevin's newest book is called The Intimate Connection, Secrets to a Lifelong Romance. And, of course, we have that at focusonthefamily.ca.
0: And Jim, we're also honored to have your better half here as well. Now, this could be a little risky, but I did invite Jean to join us, and I thought three dudes sitting here talking about marriage and what women think. We need a woman here to represent the better half, so Jean has joined us. Jean, it's great to have you here.
3: Well, thank you. It's always great to be here.
1: Kevin, good to have you back. Hey, thank you. You know, us men are always smart to listen to women. <laughs> uh, that's been a tip across the board listen isn't that to the wives. first
0: rule of marriage men listen to your wife oh, like closer that. to
1: life than we are <laughs> that's
0: for sure well let's start with the big question with all your years of experience kevin as a marriage and family psychologist what would you say is the number one secret of successful
1: marriages Well, i got to tell you this. When they asked me to do this book, I had a conversation with Mrs. Uppington, my bride. Her real name is Sandy, but my nickname for her is Mrs. Uppington because she's the classy one of the two of us. And I said, honey, are we we happily married? And she said, you're very happily married. (laughs) And so when I heard that, I said, okay, I'll do that book. But it's really pretty simple. Is You know, God gave us marriage as an opportunity to serve one another. That word serve... It's a little touchy these days in some circles. And I think basically it gets down to becoming an expert or really good at just knowing what your husband's needs are or what your wife's needs are and and servicing her, being a servant. And again, talk to a group of women. I talk to women groups all the time, and I say servant, and man, the years are back. They're looking at you funny. But I got news for you. That's what marriage is. It's it's being a servant to one another. Well, in your book, *The Intimate Connection*, you mention
0: this context of have a lifestyle of intimacy. What does that
1: mean? Well, that's something you work toward. Uh, I'd love to tell you that most couples in the church have an intimate marriage, but my observation is they have a his and her marriage. They have the married singles lifestyle. Uh, they married live the- single. The married singles lifestyle. What is that? Well, they're married, but you wouldn't know it because so many of the things they do uh, are reminiscent of the single lifestyle. So it's kind of like a roommate. In many ways. And women are the relational gurus of our society. They're like that little rabbit that keeps going. Uh, They hug anything that moves. (laughs) (laughs) They're wordsmiths. Uh, And so many times it's just easy with All the stress on couples today. So many men and women who have young children are in the workplace. I shake my head sometimes. I say, how do these young couples do it? It's just tough to find time where we can be together and share. Well, and you say one of the biggest reasons couples
0: uh, feel disconnected is because they don't understand each other. Now, I'm sure that's not happening in your marriage after 53 years oh. to Mrs. Uppington. But, <laughs> uh, oh. I mean, what what what's at the root of that? You, we don't understand each other? Is that the problem? They're so weird, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know Gene's loading up here, man. Well, just no, keep going. But- it's like digging your own pot
1: there. But digging no, your hole. Just hear me out for a second, then you can harpoon me. <laughs> They go potty in groups of 6, 8, 10, 12. It's not uncommon for a woman to say, I'm going potty. Anyone want to come along? It's a social event. Men I'm, do scratch their head at that one. Yeah. I mean. It's a social event. They talk and, and talk and talk. And women, you know, men like sort of the USA Today version. So, sort of because most of us as men are like to be problem solvers. You know, and my plea to women, because they tell me my husband doesn't talk. Your husband will talk, but you have to know how to approach this dude, okay? If this is late breaking news for you, if you're driving, hang on to the wheel. Us men across the board, now let me give you a disclaimer. About 15% of marriages are not represented, what I'm about to tell you. But we men across the board hate Your questions. (laughs) We don't like the Y word. We get defensive. If you want your husband to talk to you, trust me on this. Honey, could I ask your opinion about something? There's not a man Mm -hmm. in this building that doesn't have an opinion. I'm not saying it's a good opinion or a right opinion. I'm just saying right. we got an opinion. That's good. Now, that's a good way to stage it. All right,
0: Gene. this is the dangerous part. Uh, you have a story <laughs> from our our marriage that illustrates the differences between men and women. I seem to remember uh, it had something to do with your birthday. This is going to be painful. Go ahead. Hit me.
3: Well, no. There was one year that <laughs> I think we had, spent, we had spent more money than we usually do, and I remember telling you... Jim, I don't want you to buy me a gift for my birthday.
0: Now, can I translate that? Yes. I'm good. We don't need to do anything for your birthday. Yes. Liar.
3: <laughs> well, that, well, that's the problem. I said, please don't buy me a gift. Yeah. So my birthday comes. <laughs> this is bad. I'm so sorry. Do you forgive and, me? <laughs> yes, I do forgive you. And and they didn't do Anything. They being me and they, the boys, <laughs> right? There was no burnt breakfast in bed from the boys, and there were no handmade cards from the boys. Jim heard me telling him he thought I was saying, "Don't do anything." Well, can I? What I heard was, "You got the day off."
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're bringing and, up and guilt <laughs> feelings of me, and I always say women are the guilt gatherers of life. But your story, Gene. Painfully reminds me, the guy that's written a lot of books on marriage and family, I bought my dear sweet bride. I can't remember if it was a birthday present or an anniversary present, but it was a, this is just embarrassing to say, a four-place toaster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Not two, but four. I, I love, love a that. sliced that's toaster. incredible. I think about Restaurant that now, and bread. I say...
1: Lehman, you're dumb as a rock. I mean, why <laughs> Did would it have you a bagel? Setting? Do that. It, it, it was as good a toaster as you could find. But and we you've do written the books. things. But this communication thing with women, I got to tell you, a story about Mrs. Uppington because I had to take Lauren, our youngest daughter. By the way, Lauren was a little surprised. If you don't know the Lehman history, we had the shocker at forty-two, and the surprise at forty-eight. And wow. And I had to take Lauren to the pediatric dentist. He was about 3 foot 6 inches tall, little guy. And I don't know what a pediatric dentist does, tell you the truth, except work on little kids' teeth, I guess. But anyway, I said, honey, it's, I'm late. I, I got to get there. Tell me. I, I got to know where I'm going. She said, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. Now listen to this. She said, there's flowers in the front of the building, but that's not the entrance. You got to go around the side entrance. You can't miss it. <laughs> Now Tucson, Arizona, where I live, is a, a about a million people in the metropolitan area. Okay, then I'll I'll go now and I'll start looking for flowers. <laughs> Just give me the give me the address, give me the cross streets. But honest to Pete, that was her response. <laughs> you can't miss it. Did you get lost? <laughs> no I, I finally got the address out of her but i mean
3: i think i could have found it <laughs>
1: that's the point
3: <laughs> uh, let me give you uh, you know
1: I, I said the women a word I, I one more thing that just pops into mind and we live about two miles as the crow flies from a place called ventana canyon resort it's a lowe's beautiful hotel and we had two ducks fly into our pool and those little suckers stayed there for three days. <laughs> and we have a little cocker who barked all the time at those ducks, and the ducks didn't leave. Unbeknownst to me, my dear sweet wife calls Montana Canyon Resort. Hello. Um, yes, this is Sandy Lehman. Um, I'd like you to come and uh, get your ducks out of our pool. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am? <laughs> hey, Hey, Harry, pick up line one. I got a live one. She really thought oh. that they were owned the property of Ventana <laughs> Canyon because they do have some ducks um, up there. But That's very sweet. It is sweet. <laughs> Jean would have <laughs> just fed the ducks. She says things that I just shake my head about sometimes. That's okay. She's got a great heart. And so you learn, you learn, I say women lie like dogs with tongue in cheek. I'll be a few moments. I'll just be a few minutes. You know, that's, a oh. lie. that's not going to happen. Oh yes. But I've learned to sort of work out a formula to figure out, so I'm not asking her like, "What time are you going to be home?" and sitting there like an idiot, making a fool of myself, Said, hey, you are going to be home two hours ago. No. You have to understand who she is. Meet those needs as best you can. Yeah, this is the perfect setup for the next question, which I wanted to ask. Uh,
0: you say true intimacy in marriage starts with recognizing each other's needs. That's what you're expressing. Yeah. So let's dig into it. First, uh, for us husbands, identify the basic needs of women and what they are. And Gene, you're going to hold them accountable, right?
3: Absolutely. Because you're the one at the table representing <laughs> yeah. women. Well, yeah. So you
0: tell if he's, if he's right yeah. on or not. Oh, yeah. So, well, Dr. If...
1: Lehman, what are these needs that women have? God was the original humorist <laughs> when he came up with this one, the two shall become one, because it's so, we're so different. Yes. Number one for women, I think, is affection. It's huge in a woman's life. Number two is communication. Now, every man listening, what are we basically, as men, not great at? Number one is affection. <laughs> uh so it's affection, communication, commitment to the family. That's basically what it is for women and men are completely different. They want to feel needed, wanted and respected,
0: uh, appreciated. Yeah.
1: And uh and fulfilled and and that includes uh the S word. Yeah. Sexual. They want they want that wife to pursue that chubby body that's gained 14 pounds since you walked down the aisle. And that's just the reality of how, don't if, don't write me a nasty letter. That, that's God's plan. That, that's how he made us. Very different.
0: Well, Gene, let's get to another story. I don't know why we've done this, but uh, you identify closely with the need for good communication like Kevin's talking about. Explain that need uh, where you and I have, you know, maybe played that out in our marriage. Communication.
3: Well, yes. <laughs> I um, I was a night person, a little less of one now, but you are, and I always totally have been morning. a morning person. Totally. And we would go to bed, and I am ready to upload all the data f- that has happened in my day and, nails and on a chalkboard, and this and that, <laughs> and tell me about my oh, girlfriends my goodness, and my family. Oh, no, my... no. And. I want that's to when I want to talk about resolve, like, our deep relational issues. <laughs> <laughs> it's when, the moment we put our heads on the pillows and then later with kids, that's when I want to talk about the problems with the kids. Well, and Jim, I mean, you finally had to... Gently say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know, Jane, when my head is hitting the pillow... I'm not totally with you. <laughs> I mean, I go to sleep in like three minutes. It's he amazing. Sleep. He
1: does have some political leanings. That's very good,
0: Jim. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Right. Uh,
1: but it
0: did take a while. That was probably way oh, down the road yeah, of our marriage when yeah. I, I finally had the courage to say, I can't really hang with you here.
3: Well, but, <laughs> I, and I, uh, just in the last week, I mean, I really had to practice this. I wanted, I wanted I wanted to talk to you about... Probably one of our sons. Probably. And I stopped myself because it's bedtime. mm -hmm. God bless you. I know. And I and also you told me that if you start problem solving at night at bedtime, then he can't go to sleep. I can't unplug once I get into it. And so I mean we had to talk about that, but you also thought
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so the other thing, early in our marriage, we're probably year number three, I can remember specifically a moment where we're brushing our teeth in the morning together, and I'm chipper as can be, because it's morning. This is the time oh, yeah. God intended for man and woman to speak. I mean, this is it. This is all good. We're supercharged. I'm ready to take on the day for the Lord. And I noticed Jean's not responding to me. And I thought for a long time, I, I thought, why is she mad at me? I mean, I'm serious. How you, How you doing? You sleep well? Nothing, not even a grunt. And I thought, she's so mad at me, she won't even respond to
1: me. Well, you married a very pretty woman, as did I. But I'll tell you, Mrs. Uppington in the morning, to put it bluntly, she's got issues. I mean, she does, and she's got this stuff she puts on her face. I don't know what it's called, but it's really it looks, to me, it looks like uh, poppy seed dressing or something. <laughs> but She puts it on her face, and it takes a while for the beauty to come forth. But I always kid people. I say, we're night and day different. I'm like, I go to bed early, and now that I'm older, I mean, I'm drooling at 8.30. And she says... You can make it to 8.30? Yeah. She says, you can't go to bed, but... I said, well, watch me. But I'm telling you, she's, she's half raccoon. She's up till 2 o'clock reading. Books are some of her best friends. And I told John last night we were visiting, and I said, about 2 o'clock she goes out and tips over the garbage in the neighborhood and then goes back to bed. But <laughs> we're like night and day different. I'm up early
0: with yeah. a happy yeah. face. She doesn't like that. So you need to talk about those things, though. And I so appreciate Gene.
1: You know, working to figure that out, that you she can't bring it, up a big it's problem. It's a learning process, yeah. just like forgiveness is a learning process. yeah. Oh and it's goodness. not a personal thing. If,
2: <laughs> if Jim falls asleep, it's not personal right. to Gene. It's just something that is, right? <laughs> right. So right. <laughs> This is Focus on the Family, and we are enjoying a conversation today with Dr. Kevin Lehman. and. Uh, I think we're getting into some of the content, Jim, of his book, The Intimate Connection, Secrets (laughs) to a Lifelong Romance. Uh, We want to encourage you to get your copy at FocusOnTheFamily.ca or call 800-the-letter-A in the word family. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. This edict identifies Jesus of Nazareth as a heretic and a blasphemer. This season... On The Chosen. There are those for whom this will set off a series of events. My followers won't
1: understand. Lazarus! Come out! I guess you're not holding back anymore. I can't. I'm out of time. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now. Get tickets for a theater near you at thechosenriseup.com. Focus on the Family Canada is celebrating 40 years of ministry in Canada. Since the beginning, we focused on helping Canadians nurture, protect, and invest in their families so they can thrive.
3: I was
2: experiencing some burnout, I was experiencing some real fatigue in ministry, trying to rethink, keep it fresh, and uh, you know, after you've been in, a, in a, one church that long, uh, that can be quite challenging. We just wanted to make sure that we just got that refreshing, and so our time at Caris was Such a blessing because it was a true time of refreshing and filling up and gaining perspective that led us into a beautiful time of sabbatical and helped us go back and to continue
1: on. Over four decades of ministry, we've received more than 70,000 counseling calls, prayed for a million people, and welcomed over 2,000 individuals and couples to our retreat centers. None of this would be possible without your support. Thank you. Join us in celebrating. Visit focusonthefamily.ca forward slash four zero.
2: Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's
0: programming. Because of uh, the humor of it all, let's quickly restate the three things that uh, men need to know about
1: wives. What are the core things they need? Say them again. Yeah. You know, as a man, just a reminder this is simple as ABC affection, okay? And affection takes all different forms. It's that little touch, it's that single rose, it's that little note you wrote and put a stamp on it, put it in the mail. It's all those little, it's that email that says, I can't wait to get home. And when you walk in the door, part of affection is, honey, what can I do to help? If you've got little ankle biters around, I'm telling you, <laughs> she sees you as the best reliever in the National League coming to help her. And when you sit down and do nothing, the anger can build and mm, that's you're a good getting point. in trouble. So again, affection, communication, and that means you have to take time to do that. And then uh, commitment to the family, being a good dad. Uh, She purrs like a kitten when you're a good dad, believe me. Okay, now the opposite again, just to recap
0: um, what wives need to understand about helping the needs of her husband. Yeah,
1: ladies, I know you're busy. You push six and a half hours to bring this little one to life, eight and a half for that middle child. and That youngest, he just came out real quick. Okay, (laughs) I get it. But you have to understand this man – and I know some of you say, Lehman, I have four children because my husband's the fourth one. That's not healthy. It's not good. He needs to be the husband. But you got to speak well of him, especially in front of other people. You have to understand he needs to be wanted and needed by you. That's physically and emotionally, and that leads to fulfillment. That's just the way it is. No, that's really good. You have this analogy of the tea kettle to talk about emotions.
0: What Explain the tea kettle analogy.
1: Well, it, you know, we tend to tuck when life happens, little cheap shots, little something, you know, it's a little burr under the saddle, and, well, I'm not going to say anything about it, you know. And uh, it, But I'm going to remember it. It simmers, mm. and then there's a trigger, and then it blows. And it's sort of like, I hate to use this analogy, but I think it's a good one. You have the flu, okay, and you say, man. Oh, and you throw up, and you feel better. Because you throw up, but when you explode in its anger and its venom, you've literally thrown up on your mate. Yeah, you feel better, but what have you done? Okay. And so it's really important that you, to quote my favorite, one of my favorite all-time movies, "What About Bob?" Yeah. <laughs> it's all about baby steps for some of us as men. Baby steps.
0: You outlined five things we need to know about feelings. Uh, what are those five? Well, thanks for
1: the quiz. Number one. <laughs> Feelings aren't right or wrong. They're just your feelings, okay? And here's what I want people to really understand. When you share feelings, it draws you together. When you go down the judgment trail, now the defenses go up. That's
0: two of them. So how do you do that? How do you differentiate between sharing your feelings and sharing judgment about the other person's
1: feelings? With me, this is just for me, I got to sit on it a while. I really do. Because if I just follow my feelings, and there's another one. Uh, Everybody think about this. Just say we we follow our feelings for the next 30 days together, okay? I got news for you. We're going to be in the county jail together. (laughs) You can't go through life and follow your feelings. Gentlemen, you see a good-looking chick walking down the street. Get in touch with your feelings. Now follow your feelings. You're going to jail. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. I know they got a little Christian fish on the back, that doesn't count in my book. But what do you feel like doing? You feel like putting them in the ditch? So you can't go through life. God gave us a brain, and you know, I I think when we get this to to uh, problems in marriage, I, I really believe they're they're basically spiritual problems. I think so many of us brought so much baggage yes. into marriage. And we try to do this on our own. And what I've learned, and look at me, I'm old. I mean, I've learned to say, Lord, come on, I need some teaching here. And that's where the Holy the Holy Spirit, everybody talks about the Holy Spirit led me to do this and led me to do that. The way I see it, the Holy Spirit's a helper. And he, he helps you. To move forward, so I need a little time to sift through
0: that. No, that's good. You, one of the, I thought good tools that you talk about in the book, the intimate connection, is the three-one-one rule. Gene and I actually, oh yeah, mentioned
1: that, and mm-hmm. we're going to try to implement that in our communication. What is it? Real quickly. I mean, you can do it two minutes. It can. I call it three-one-one. But take three minutes, and there's an issue. Okay, so you're going to face each other. I mean, if you're rich and have a jacuzzi, more power to you. But for the rest of us just hold hands eyeball to eyeball the rules are one person speaks for 3 minutes then the next person gets 60 seconds to sort of clarify what they heard then that next person gets a minute to say well no that's not exactly what i meant here's what... it's real simple and it it helps you get the feelings out i love the example of a balloon you blow air into a balloon remember when you were a kid you blow it and sometimes it snapped in your face well do you remember when you blew it and then you took the neck of it and you made that terrible noise to bother your parents or your brother or your sister? Over and over and over but again. But there's a good analogy there that sometimes when that when that stuff comes out in communication, it's not easy to listen to. Because your mates telling you something that you really need to hear. But notice that the balloon goes down and what's the odds of it bursting into a huge thing? Very little because you've let some air out. So if that'll help people with that three one one concept, the point is you need to make time to talk.
0: Yeah. The the other four, I mean, this is really number two of the five, is communication.
1: Pick it up from there because we didn't get all five. So, again, reminders, you have, you have a right to express your feelings, okay? Yep. And a lot of us were brought up in homes where when we tried to share our feelings, let's face it, we got shot down. Mm-hmm. And then when you ask your mate, why do you feel that way? You heard what I said earlier. I mean us men hate the Y word. So when you say, why do you feel that way? You're just being demeaning to your mate. So saying things like, honey, tell me more about that. I want to understand more about how you feel. Well, as always, some wonderful
2: insights from Dr. Kevin Lehman about listening and sharing your feelings in marriage. And uh, this great content comes from his book, The Intimate Connection Secrets to a
0: Lifelong Romance. John, it was so fun having uh, my wife, Jean, uh, here as well. I think Kevin's message today is very clear. Healthy, loving marriages don't just happen. It takes a lot of intentionality to stay connected emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin's book, The Intimate Connection, is a great way to start that process. Order your copy today from Focus on the Family Canada, and all those proceeds will go right back into ministry, helping strengthen and support marriages all across Canada. So I urge you to be generous with your support. Let's do ministry together. Mm-hmm, right. And uh, our number
2: is 800 A Family, 800 232 6459. You can donate and request Kevin's book at focusonthefamily.ca. Another helpful resource we have for you is our Loving Well podcast series with Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley. Uh, We've just released Season 7 of the series, exploring how you can have a happier marriage and uh, cut busyness from your schedule so you prioritize time with your spouse. All the details about the Loving Well podcast and all the other great resources we have to help you in your marriage will be found at FocusOnTheFamily.ca. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back next time as we hear more from Dr. Lehman and once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.